5 o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Huge show today. Uh, We're going to have our pal John McGinnis on with us. McGinnis, of course, uh, ECU golf alum. Before Harold Varner was probably the uh, most prominent golf player to uh, to come out of ECU, played on the PGA Tour. Uh, Now a broadcaster with uh, the PGA Tour. He's going to be involved in the PGA Championship broadcast next week. We'll talk to him about that. Uh, Actual, like, beyond PGA Live and radio he'll be on be on the worldwide leader uh we got cliff godwood talking to the media today but uh, we've also got some other people out there uh flapping their gums uh ben byram he's not one of the people out there flapping his gums at least not yet uh we say hello to ben byram producing hey ben what do you think zoke's got to say about the teddy bridgewater stuff i'm sure he's fine with it i'm sure he's fair weather about it oh all right Zoke was your guy. No, no, no. I'm not dogging him. I'm just saying. I mean, he's usually a pretty easygoing guy. He can pretty forgive. even keel. Yeah, pretty even keel. So I, I want, uh, in case you missed it, what podcast was this from? Um, uh, Gravy Stain and the uh, and the turkey no, bag. not what quite that. All things okay. covered with uh, Patrick Peterson, uh, uh-huh. the, the Pro Bowl cornerback, and uh, yeah, Bryant McFadden, who I'm not familiar with, but I guess he was also a former player. So this is just a couple of guys who have played in the league talking to guys who are playing in the league, right? Is yeah, that kind which, of the concept? Which seems to be kind of a trend coming out here in the last year or so. A lot of players in the league right now are former players starting podcasts and doing that same type of thing. Okay. It's it's usually v- viewed as a place where there's no gotcha questions, I guess. You know, hey, guys can come in. as a little bit more comfortable, comfortable. yeah. Right. Comfortable talking to their peers, making their uh, their presence known uh, by saying whatever it is that they say, you know, that they say whatever's on their mind. So Teddy Bridgewater, two down Teddy, three and out Teddy, two shoe Teddy, two glove Teddy, two possession Teddy, two possession Teddy. No touchdown, Teddy. Whatever you want to call him. Teddy Bridgewater, now a backup or at least a quarterback fighting for a job in Denver, Colorado. I would call him Two-Face Teddy now. Wow. So he he said, now, is this one cut or did we put it in two? I separated them. Okay, so the first cut he kind of talks about, I guess, the reason there wasn't any success this year. And Ben, please correct me if I'm wrong on this. I know you will. The reason there was no success last year because he was without Christian McCaffrey, which I mean that's a fact, correct? That's it's part a fact. of it. Defense yeah. and the no. offensive line were definitely. Does he up does there. he go into all that, or is he just kind of laid at the feet of No McCaffrey? No McCaffrey was the big one. All right, let's hear what he had to say. The whole deal in Carolina, it is what it is. Be man, uh, I told him you know once the season ended that I wear big boy draws, man, and yeah. and I understand the nature of this business. And it's a performance-based business. And, you know, yeah, I could sit up here and say, okay, Christian got hurt, or we didn't have this, didn't have that, but that's not me. You know, 
I look in that mirror and I say, hey, you got to tighten up. You know, right. so it's, you know, little things, you know, that I could have done better. And, you know, as an organization, it's things that, you know, you can do better as well. But uh, Okay, so he, he it sounds to me there, Ben, like he is taking the, the you know, the share of the responsibility. Yeah, like I mean, I don't have any problems with that statement there. I mean, that okay. was pretty generic statement but it, it seemed to be factual the, yeah the, he's not making no too many Christian, excuses or anything right. but wait there's more so he is this part of his his uh, this is kind of part of the same answer he starts saying well we never worked on red zone or end of game situations we never worked on the two-minute drill hit it i'll just say this for for joe brady's growth i think man like that organization they'll have to like just practice different things you know in, in, in different ways um, like one of the things we didn't do much of when I was there we didn't practice two minute really we didn't practice red zone you know what? so the most yeah. important you used to have a whole a whole day devoted for two minute yeah. in red zone that's Thursday like, practice yeah I mean it's you know I guess the game is becoming about science you know and yeah. trying to keep guys healthy so yeah like, you, you didn't practice on Fridays there but you walk what? through like the red you walk through the red zone stuff and then Saturday you come out and practice red zone but you only get like 15 live reps and guys oh, reps all the way limited. Back. yeah so I mean you know that's the that's the unknown but you know I'm I'm a pro man <laughs> I, I could sit up here and throw all that I throw all of that out there, but at the end of the well, day, that won't get me nowhere, man. He just did throw it out there. Yeah, not only that, I mean, he kind of got caught in a lie there. Well, no, so I don't think he, I don't think he explained this very well, but but why do you think he got caught in a lie? Well, he backtracked that first. He said, well, we didn't practice red zone or two minute drills. And then you just heard earlier. Yeah. Saturdays we practice red zone and two minute drills. So, I mean, what is it, Teddy? You just, well, he, he said they walked through and they only did 15 live reps. That apparently isn't what they, he had done at other stops. Well, you gotta, th- you, you gotta factor th- in. This was a COVID year. And I no, mean, I it's your responsibility to the, you're the quarterback. You're supposed to be, we put all our faith in you this year. You're supposed to be working on that stuff individually or pulling coaches aside after practice and be like, Hey, I want to work on this. You got to take responsibility. You got to take action. You can't just, he, he's, he's making excuses, and I think he's I, trying to save face before uh, he goes down there in Denver for that terrible rinky-dink quarterback battle they got going down there. I think you are correct from the standpoint of if he didn't feel like they were getting enough work, enough reps, then he should have gone to Matt Rule or gone to Joe Brady and said, hey, guys, I think we need to work on this more. I agree with that. I agree with that. When you look at the games, it wasn't an issue of it. it wasn't an issue like they didn't have the routes right or something like that. I mean, there was times where he blatantly just missed throws, like completely inaccurate throws in the red zone. He just fell apart. I don't think it had anything to do with practice. It's a mental thing with him. He's got to. It's it's more so he's got to practice outside of what they're doing with walkthroughs and everything. He's got to take responsibility and take action on his own. I mean, he's he's the quarterback of the team. These are things you're supposed to be working on outside of team practice and, and whatnot. I mean, all the greats do it. Aaron Rodgers does it. Tom Brady does it. Don't you want to be great? I mean, I think well, yeah, and I think if you're going to, well, that's that's why Teddy Bridgewater's no Aaron Rodgers or Tom yeah, Brady. Exactly. 
But I think to me, if you're going to uh, to say, hey, we're, we, why don't we um, we need to work on this? If you felt like you weren't getting enough work on those situations, then the quarterback should be able to go to the coach and say that. And the fact he didn't, I think, is, is questionable there, especially if he felt like they weren't doing it adequately enough. Because yeah, I think they would have had no problem, like, working on that and be like, all right, yeah, let's get a couple more reps in. I mean, this is clearly an issue that's been happening this season. Yeah, you're let's, not on a you're not on working. a timer. Yeah. You're not I mean you look timer. at Teddy, he only threw fifteen touchdowns this past year. So it definitely yeah. was a problem. Yeah. I, I I again I don't think he backtracked it as you're saying there. I just don't think he explained it very well and maybe felt like they needed more reps. Point is they could have he, he could have used more work. I think he exaggerated, and he thought he could get away with it. And then when they kind of asked him about it and kind of started inquiring him about it, then he kind of backtracked, and he was like, all right, well, we we did kind of work on it. It's like, it, it's, there you go. Now the truth comes out. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. All right. Um, get a break here uh, because we got a lot of Cliff Godwin stuff to get to. They're going to announce tomorrow. Pirates will be on the road. There, nobody knows the time this thing's going to get announced tomorrow. Have you have you seen anything, Ben, that uh, has since come out stating a time that the NCAA is going to put this out tomorrow, uh, their 20 regional sites? I have not. It's, it, we've been told Thursday or Friday. It's still kind of the current word right now. Also, they're even saying it could be Friday now. Yeah, yeah that's been reported by D1 Baseball. Well, that would, that would screw the pooch on our, uh, our show <laughs> yeah. plans for tomorrow, wouldn't it? Gosh. Well, I hope that's not the case. I, I really do hope that they're releasing it tomorrow uh, because I think it'd be great stuff to talk about. Collection committee's got to tighten up here. Well, this is really even, isn't really even the selection committee. Look, as the way, as the way things are dropping now and the way things are loosening up, especially in a lot of the states where you're going to have these things, Potentially, more than likely, because I mean it's it's probably going to be in more of the Sun Belt kind of states, right? Southeastern kind of states, North Carolina included in that. I, I just I can't. Those are the states that are at least at least already are are going to be a little more loose with their restrictions or open with their restrictions. So I I can't. I mean, what's it hurt to wait here? But I uh, you know the NCAA is worried about getting sued by somebody, so the way it is uh no time for the bow today we'll do it tomorrow because we got godwin we got john mcginnis we've got a, a fired up ben byram uh and we've got teddy bridgewater out there according to ben's uh, spelling uh or, or at least uh, disseminating mistruths not being 100 percent honest i say that he is probably not telling the whole truth and i and i think there's more there's more to the story than slamming but i i just uh, well i don't know I, I could see, look, it was Matt Rule's first year at, the, at that level. But again, at Teddy Bridgewater, I'm sure if he went to him, they would have said, all right, yeah, we'll work more on things. Okay, uh, a break, come back. Pirate Report, when we return on the Patrick Johnson Show. Online or on the go. Love it. Log on to our brand new website, 943thegame.com. To listen to our top-rated programs throughout the day. You need to. Tell your smart speaker to stream 94.3 The Game to take us anywhere you are at any time. Now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Look, Godwin uh, meeting the Pirate media by Zoom earlier today. Uh, he had these opening comments. Uh, just really proud of our guys um, this past weekend. 
Um, to be able to come out of the weekend three and one, hard fought series, two of the best teams in the league. Um, you know, going into the weekend, we're in second. Coming out of the weekend, we're in first, which, you know, means uh, good stuff for a couple of days. But if you don't play well down the stretch, then you're not going to be in first place. So, but the positive is everything's in our control. And that's what we talk about in our program all the time is just focusing on what we can control. And right now we can control our own destiny. Um, we need to play better on the road. Told the guys yesterday, I said, if we go four and four, uh, these next two weekends, what I can promise you is that we will not win the conference and we will not host a regional. So that's what I can promise you. So we need to play better on the road. And I think our guys are excited. School's out. Our guys did a really good job in the classroom. Um, the GPA will be high again. I'm not sure exactly what it'll be, but uh, really proud of the work they put in the classroom as well. So we're excited. Uh, we're going to practice a little bit early this morning to try to beat the rain. And then we actually leave pretty early tomorrow morning to drive to Raleigh, get on a flight, get to Cincinnati so we can practice tomorrow night up at Cincinnati. Pirates and Bearcats meeting for the second time this season uh, in a series. That'll be coming up this weekend starting uh, Friday. And Coach Godwin was asked about uh, his memories, his memories from uh, the earlier matchup against uh, Cincinnati this season. Well, it seems like two years ago, not – whenever it was, uh, I guess, five weekends ago. But I know they're playing better, uh, just kind of following the scores and the box scores and stuff. And they, they, I do remember them being really tough to maneuver through offensively. They're older offensively. They can do some things. Uh, Jace Mercer's having a great year. Uh, he's one of the best players in the league. Um, and they're, they're pitching. I remember a lot of lefties. Um, you know, Shaver was – Banged up a little bit. He pitched two innings. I know he'll be better. He's going, uh, I'm assuming, game three for him. So um, we'll have our hands full. Um, look, it's not an easy place to play up there. It's on turf. Uh, the park sometimes plays huge. Sometimes it plays small, depending on the way the wind blows and stuff. So um, Coach Guggins does an, a great job. I mean, he has done an unbelievable job with their program. As you guys can remember, they made a run through the 2019 conference tournament and then made some noise in the regional. So uh, he's a very good coach, and he does a really good job with his team. His team will be prepared and ready to go. Bearcats uh, playing a lot better than when ECU saw him the first time. Uh, it was noted uh, by uh, Mark Lindsay that uh, Cincinnati is 12-5 and five at home, and uh, as you heard Coach Godwin mention there, that is a park that, pending the weather, can be – uh, friendly for a pitcher, it could be tough for a pitcher. What will the Pirate Hurlers have to do this weekend to be successful? Well, you got to be able to change speeds. you got to be able to pitch on both sides of the plate, and that's really pitching 101 when you're facing good hitters and older hitters especially. You can't get into patterns, get into patterns. They're going to know what's coming, basically, and they're going to get good swings off and get ahead of the hitters. I mean, like I said, it's pitching 101, but those are the things that we'll need to do. Coach Godwin asked how Carson Wizenot rebounded after his start, which moved him to 5-0, and first time pitching it over a month on Sunday. He just had normal soreness, and, uh, you know, um, he scheduled throw a bullpen today, and then, um, you know, we'll reevaluate that again after that. But right now we're going to go William Smith, TBA, TBA. Um, Cooch Manor probably will not start. Um, he's going to pitch out of the bullpen. We're working with him on some mechanical stuff, and, 
think he's kind of gotten off tilt a little bit. He threw a bullpen yesterday. It's the best bullpen that he's he's thrown all year, and his stuff was a lot better. So uh, Coach Dietrich and Coach Knight are working with him on that, and he, he seemed pretty excited after he got done with the bullpen yesterday, so that's great to see. A follow-up, and that was if – this was a move to maybe take some pressure off Cooch Maynard. Of all the players that have ever, been, ever come through our program, I don't worry about Cooch doing the right things or working hard enough or getting his arm carry in. I mean, he, he can do that in his sleep, um, but he's very smart. And then when stuff goes, you know, sideways and you're a hard worker and you're a smart kid, you, you kind of look around and go, why, why is this happening to me? Well, that's what life is. I mean, there's a lot of times that – Bad things happen to great people every single day in this world. And that's why I think baseball teaches you more about the game of life than any other sport. And it's hard when you have had success and then, you know, you're not having as much success as you have had in the past. It's tough. I mean, this game will challenge you. But Cooch has been a a champion from showing up at practice, having energy, not um, acting like the woe is me. I mean, that's the thing that – just excites me because I know that he's going to go out there and compete. He just needs to go out there and be a baseball player. Him and I talked yesterday, and he's taking some ground balls at first base just to get his mind off pitching a little bit. And he's he's a super athletic kid. He could actually, if we wanted him to be a position player, I don't know if he'd be in our starting nine, but he'd be one of our guys that traveled and be a position player because that's how athletic he is. Pirates are coming off a very successful run at home. Uh, hitting the baseball, scoring runs. I mean, even in the game they lost, they could have very easily won against Tulane. Uh, pounded the ball out very effectively against Cincinnati the first time around, and uh, what needs to be done was the question to duplicate that. Uh, to be honest with you, I have not looked at any of their pitching stuff. I'm going to go back and the guys that started it against us, look at that, and then look at their most recent starts as well, and then watch their bullpen arms. But um, like I said, it was five weeks ago, so uh, I'm sure that some of the stuff's a little bit different. Big game for Thomas Francisco on Sunday with a couple of home runs. Coach Godwin asked about Thomas Francisco's approach at the plate in that in last Sunday's game. He, he's been really consistent for us all year. Of course, uh, he's hit a few more home runs recently. Um, and Franny's one of the best hitters in the country. He's steady Eddie. And it's been overshadowed because of what Connor Norby's done. But he has protected him for a lot of the season so that they have to pitch to Norby because Francisco's behind him. But he just uh, saw some good pitches and put good swings on them, and, you know, they they left the yard. So uh, he's just done what he's done pretty much his entire career here is just hit, and uh, he's a great hitter, and um, he'll continue to do that as long as he stays slow in the box and doesn't try to do too much. As is the case, it seems like, uh, nearly every position of this Pirate team, there's some depth, particularly uh, at first base, some options there. Cliff Godwin asked about uh, that as far as a game day or in-game strategy, having that depth at first. Yeah, so you've got Josh Mullen. Um, you've got Thomas Francisco. Uh, Skylar Brooks was an option, but he, he you know had a bad hamstring pull, so he's not an option anymore. Last weekend, which I didn't even talk about it, but we had a – COVID positive with one of our players and it knocked one other player um, out. So it was two freshmen. Um, So Cam Clonch was not available last weekend. Um, If he tests negative this week, then 
we have an opportunity to um, fly him up on Friday morning um, because he will get out of his whatever quarantine, close contact, whatever that is. I'm not the doctors, but I just listened to Womack. So if he tests positive the next two days, then he'll be able to fly to Raleigh Friday morning and meet us up there. So that's what we're banking on. And he, he's another option over there. Cooch is an option as well. So that's why another reason we're working out over there because we really only had two options to go over there this past weekend. Tomorrow's the day that it appears the NCAA is going to announce the potential 20 regional hosts, the pool of institutions from which those hosts will be pulled. And uh, Cliff Godwin asked about that. Obviously, the Pirates will be in transit to Cincinnati, potentially, when that's announced. Here's his reaction. We've already talked about it. We talked about it yesterday after practice. And and when I say I don't care, look, our guys have put themselves in a situation where, you know, I I feel like I'd bet a lot of money. I'm not a gambler, so compliance doesn't come, you know, put me in compliance jail. But um, that will be one of the 20. But I told him yesterday after practice what about if we're not one of the 20 are we going to stop playing you know we're we're pretty good i feel confidently we could go on the road and you know definitely challenge some people if we had to go on the road and be a two seed so um but even if they announce that greenville north carolina clark leclerc stadium is one of the 20 it doesn't mean you're hosting because there's only 16 teams that host so really it's fool's goal in my opinion and that's what i told him yesterday i said It'll be exciting for you guys, I'm sure. Fans will talk about it. It's great. But if we don't do what we need to do, then that will just be a couple weeks of excitement. And then when Monday happens or Sunday, I guess they tell um, everyone on Sunday where the host sites are um, on Memorial Day weekend. And, you know, we'll be disappointed because we didn't handle our own business. We'll be talking about it tomorrow. I mean, it's kind of the fun thing to to do. I'm anxious to see. uh, Certainly, I anticipate – uh, EC, you'll be there, but Coach is right. If uh, the Pirates uh, don't do what they need to do over these next few weeks, it uh, doesn't really matter. Uh, he was asked about uh, going on the road tomorrow, and uh, things are moving in the right direction, I think was the quote with the Pirate program. Cliff's reaction? We've had a hell of a season to this point, like a hell of a one. Um, and Malcolm is my fact check, but Malcolm, have we been 33-10 and 10 or whatever we are in the Coach Godwin era? Uh, the 19 team was, and gotcha. then, other, then other than that, I think only six other teams have had a better record through 43 games. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it's a hell of a year. Um, but as we know, uh, the, the back end of the season is the most important when you put yourself in a good situation and our guys are excited to play. I mean, they, they enjoy competing and, um, getting out there and they know what's at stake and, it's been a pretty mature group to this point. I mean, we've learned a lot of lessons the past couple weekends. Uh, Wichita State, you know, when we show up and, like, our guys are engaged and they're locked in, they don't have the glazed overlook, we can beat anybody in the country. And we, we learned that. And I finally felt like the guys actually didn't just hear me talking about it. They could see it for themselves. And then this past weekend, we learned how to keep our mouth shut and let our game do the talking and not get caught up in, uh, you know, talking junk when we hit home run or striking somebody out, just pump our dugout out. So if we can continue to learn and get better throughout the season, then, you know, we'll put ourselves in a good situation to go out there and play baseball um, in the postseason. And that's what our goal is going in. And 
right now, all of our goals are in front of us. There, there's none that are like, hey, you can't win the conference or you can't win 40 games or you can't host a regional. All that stuff's right there. So we just need to go out and play well. And, yeah, you can't you can't not talk about it now. I mean, it's in their face all the time. Social media, the kids are on social media. So it is what it is. And you just got to ignore it, read it, throw it in a trash can, go out to practice and get better and think that you're not very good. And that's the way we try to approach it each and every day. Al Myatt dropping the nugget that after this weekend, 15% of the regular season games the Pirates will play will be against Cincinnati. So he talked about in a roundabout way or asked about, uh, you know, adjustments because there's going to be, but these teams are going to know each other pretty well. Middle of the weekend, uh, the adjustments that will be made in series. It is. I know that I keep saying this little term here that I got from Coach Palumbo, but it is what it is. I mean, look, they make the schedule. We just go play teams. And, um, of course, you're going to be more familiar with the team that you've played eight times compared to four. But at the end of the day, you still got to go out there and play baseball and execute. And that's what we'll try to do. You know, back when we first were here um, in the American, when we had UConn as our travel, I mean, we were playing them six times. I think in the first two years that we were here as a coaching staff at East Carolina, I think we played UConn 15 times in two years. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we felt like we knew uh, the signs for the other team and they knew our signs. It was uh, which Coach Penders and I are really good friends and they do a great job. But it, it was, you know, you, you enjoyed to see their faces, but you didn't enjoy to play them because you knew how hard fought it was going to be um, each and every game that you played them. So you had a cameo a few minutes ago for Malcolm Gray at the end of the Zoom. Uh, Malcolm ran through some of the numbers. Uh, as far as the records that Coach Godwin was referencing there, as far as the best start through this point in the season. Okay, and Coach, just to let you know, uh, since 2001, only three teams have been 33 and 10, so you've got two of them. And then there's four others that are better than that. So that's for you media guys as well. <laughs> and, and I wasn't saying it for Malcolm. For, for I just want people to understand what the guys have done to this sure. point. The guys have done a really good job. And um, it, it's been harder this year than I would put an asterisk to this season next to all those other ones and say it's been a lot more difficult to maneuver through. And the four-game weekends, all that stuff, is, it's been harder to get to 33-10 and 10 than it's ever been. And our guys have done a really good job. Oh, one, you just don't have that information in front of you. What are you trying to say, Malcolm? I'm too old, so you can't go back to my senior year because we were probably better than 33 and 10 in 01, if I had to guess. Uh, 99, 35 and 8, uh, 2000, 32 and 11. So, what was 01? 01 was 33 and 10. 33 and 10, okay. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. So, <laughs> good stuff. Malcolm's got all the information right there. I try, coach. Big shout-out to the award-winning Malcolm Gray, too. He, he helped me out, and Ben, and he got together. I lost my power cord Sunday to my – or left it behind uh, at the uh, TV booth, but uh, Malcolm saved the day. All right, that is today's Pirate Report. Uh, we'll talk to Pirate golfing great John McGinnis on the other side following Ben's update, uh, a 2020 Sports Flash. 
Thanks, Patrick. We start with some news out of Pirate Baseball. The Pirate Sunday contest against Cincinnati has changed its start time from 1 o'clock to 11. So that means you can hear coverage of that game beginning at 1045 right here on 94.3 The Game, the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. From Pirates Women's Golf, senior Dorothea Forbridge will officially finish as ECU's all-time leading scorer after the Baton Rouge Regionals were canceled due to seven inches of rain in the area. Forbridge, during her tenure, earned three all-conference selections and an individual conference championship. The NFL released their schedule for the 2021 season. Set to kick things off as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers hosting the Dallas Cowboys on Thursday night football on September 9th. They also announced a set of international games as the Jets versus Falcons and Dolphins versus Jaguars will be set in London. And the Panthers will open their season with an interesting storyline as they'll host Sam Darnold's former team, the New York Jets. So we'll get a first look at quarterback Zach Wilson in his pro debut. Elsewhere in the league, Leak and Financial Field will have full capacity in Philadelphia for the upcoming season. The Washington football team signs former Bears left tackle Charles Leno Jr. to a one-year deal worth $5 million. Rookie left tackle Pene Sewell will miss OTAs as he's tested positive for COVID-19. And the Las Vegas Raiders have announced that they will add a nightclub behind their end zone in Allegiant Stadium. From the NBA, the Charlotte Hornets have clinched a berth in the league's play-in tournament. The 8th seeded Hornets will battle the 7th seeded Celtics for the right for the 7th seed in the NBA playoffs. For Major League Baseball, Padres star Fernando Tatis Jr. and teammate Will Myers have tested positive for the coronavirus and have been placed on IL. Padres man- manager Jace Tingler claims that Tatis is asymptomatic and not experiencing any symptoms. From the NHL, the Carolina Hurricanes are working on a three-year extension for head coach Rod Brendamore. Reports indicate that Brendamore is expected to make somewhere in the ballpark of $1.8 million a year in his new contract. The league's newest expansion team and the Seattle Kraken have signed their first player in 21-year-old Luke Hen- Hinman winked the three-year entry-level contract. And from the world of boxing, a matchup to crown the first heavyweight undisputed champion since 1999 has been set as Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua have inked a deal worth a little over $210 million to make the mega fight happen. According to promoter Eddie Hearn, the fight will happen in Saudi Arabia and will happen either on August the 7th or the 14th. That's going to do it for your 94th of the game sports update. I'm Ben Barham. Eastern North Carolina's home for the Adam Gold Show. Come on in. Weekdays at noon, right here on Eastern Carolina's home for sports. I love sports. And the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Your home of the ECU Pirates, Clay Travis, Dan Patrick, and Adam Gold. Hashtag lots of options. 94.3 The Game, Eastern Carolina's home for sports. You're looking at a big sports fan right here. And now, back to the P-Man. The Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. A little earlier in the day, we had a chance to talk with ECU Golf alum. He's a broadcaster on uh, the PGA Tour, PGA Live, uh, coming next week to the PGA Championship on ESPN, and also uh, has his own show on uh, Sirius XM, their PGA Tour channel. Recently covered the Masters for Masters Radio. John McGinnis joining me earlier today. Hey, John, how are you? Excellent. Uh, really, really good. Uh, things are getting busy around here, which is great. Things are heating up in golf. Uh, that's There's so many things to talk about, uh, but I want to first congratulate you. Uh, you're going to be on the PGA Championship coverage next week for ESPN. A network star is who we're talking to here today. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm excited about it. You know, I'm excited to be, uh, be a part of a, a different team, you know. Uh, I've never worked with David Duvall, although we've been friends since college. So, uh, you know, I, I 
for years with uh, Curtis Strange, but we've never been on the same broadcast. So I'm excited about about all of that. And of course, it's Kiowa. It's driving distance. Who, who doesn't want to go spend a week on Kiowa, for goodness sake, and get paid for it? Yeah, well, there you go. Now, the, the question will be, will you have fuel for the car? But that's a whole other thing you have to oh. worry about. <laughs> <laughs> As of right now, the answer is no. <laughs> have you ever hitchhiked, John, in your life? <laughs> I have, as a matter of fact. <laughs> It turns out I looked a little too menacing to get picked up hitchhiking, so we'll see. Our guy John McGinnis uh, on the line with us uh, here. Uh, Pirate Golf alum, also PGA Tour broadcaster, Harold Varner. And, hey, congratulations are in order uh, for Harold. We could have an HV4 in our very near future. That's that's kind of exciting. But he played so well down uh, in Hilton Head at Harbortown, finishing in second place. And, you know, he talked about how Quell Hollow, he wanted to be sharp for Quell Hollow, be sharp for the Wells Fargo. He considered that his major. Harold not making the cut. I, I just kind of wonder, did he put a lot of pressure, perhaps too much pressure on himself last week uh, at the Wells Fargo? I lived in Greensboro the whole time I played on the PGA Tour, and every year that tournament was uh, more and more difficult. I think I had one good tournament there in, in my entire career. Uh, so yes, I, I think I think for a PGA Tour player playing at home is the hardest thing, especially a guy like Harold who is missing the party. Uh, you gotta you gotta remember he's working. All of his friends are playing, and uh, and he and he's missing the party there big time. So yeah, I, I think that I think that he puts an awful lot of pressure on himself that week, and and rightfully so. He was playing great. Uh, I, I I love Harold. Uh, if you if you haven't look to see uh what the hv3 foundation is doing for uh for kids in the charlotte area around north carolina um you should because this is a guy who's every bit as good as advertised um and and i love him and i'm pulling for him and i damn sure want to be there when he wins that first tournament because that's going to be one hell of a party well, I was going to say, then you guys can have, you know, fun at the party uh, when, <laughs> when that happens. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, John, I mean, we are, we are, we are pirates after all. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Well, well, certainly have, have a pirate beverage for me when that happens. Uh, four to six Monday through Wednesday. And then after uh, round coverage on uh, PGA tour radio, Sirius XM, uh, John McGinnis has his uh, show, Katrick and McGinnis uh, PGA tour live. And then next week, PGA championship coverage for ESPN. You'll see the uh, shining bright face of that young up and comer, uh, John <laughs> McGinnis, uh, who is uh, a pirate and uh, a North Carolina uh, native. Uh, before we get into this, uh, this particular new venture that I just find the whole thing fascinating. Uh, Rory McIlroy obviously wins at uh, Quail Hollow, and uh, it's mm. the first win for Rory in 18 months. He started to play a little better. You know, he he, he the Rory thing's so fascinating to me, John, because he'll, uh, you hate to say backdoor or top 10, but it's, he, he'd kind of have that one round that takes him out, but then he'd finish the weekend strong and always finish in the top 10. It was good to see him close one out. Yeah, he, he's so good. Um you know, Rory at his best may be the best player in the game uh, by by some stretch. Remember, we're going to Kiowa next year where or next week where he won by eight shots the last time the PGA Championship was there. Uh, here, here's a trivia question for you. Mm-hmm. The guy who finished second was an Englishman by the name of 
David Lynn. Uh, there, that's the first David Lynn re- reference on American radio in at least a decade. So anyway, uh, uh, never to be heard from again, by the way. Right. Took his million dollars and, and, and disappeared, <clears throat> and more power to him. Uh, so Rory's now the favorite at Kiowa, and rightfully so. Dustin Johnson's out this week. Uh, say he, he had a surgically repaired left knee, and he was going to play in Dallas, and he decided to to save it for Kiowa. He's a South Carolina boy. So uh, I, I'm, I'm excited about the PGA and, and all the possibilities there. Rory just made it that much more exciting by winning last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there are a lot of guys who are really, uh, you know, and we'll get into next week and, and, you know, we'll start to go through the favorites and, and what have you. But I, I just, I think next week uh, stands to be, really really exciting and then now we're getting back to guys playing more regularly things are as close to back to normal as as they possibly could be on on the tour uh so we've got yeah i mean it's it's it, it we're, it's a pretty good feel for everything right now in the game yeah i worked tampa and that was the first real that was two weeks ago and that was the first real galleries that i've seen and heard on the golf course and obviously charlotte um had, had a pretty nice situation and uh, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I, I think they must still be selling tickets to South Carolina because every week uh, they're they're expanding things down there. I think they just took the mask mandate off from from school children down there. So mm-hmm. uh, uh, <clears throat> I would expect South Carolina to be wide open. I don't. I mean, obviously the PGA of America had to build the infrastructure to uh, accommodate the number of people they were expecting, but I, I think we might get a few more than they were expecting. No, I, I, people want to get out. I, I just. You know, whether it's a golf event yeah. or like some kind of festival in somebody's hometown, I mean, it's, I think people want to get out now. I really do. Yeah, uh, I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, we know you're always ready. Uh, John McGinnis is uh, is with us here. Uh, John, uh, ECU golf alum, played the PGA Tour, now a broadcaster uh, on the circuit, and will be uh, covering the PGA Championship for ESPN next week. Uh, so the Premier Golf League, speaking of Roy, he was very uh, <laughs> outspoken about Super Leagues. Uh, Phil Mickelson. One thing we know about Phil Mickelson, he likes money, and he right. he, he spoke glowing. I mean, we all do, but Phil really likes it. He spoke uh, very glowingly about, uh, or at least openly, about this uh, uh, Premier Golf League, Super Golf League, what, whatever it's being dubbed as. Uh, what do you make of it? Well, um, I think it's certainly a threat, and I think Jay Monahan, the PGA Tour Commissioner, is, is treating it as such. Um, and telling players, if you go there, you will not be welcome back here. Uh, what they're asking that Super Golf League is too much. So they're asking for players to make an 18 tournament commitment that doesn't include the majors, that doesn't include World Golf Championship events, which the commissioner can't keep them out of. Uh, so now we're looking at you know a 25, 26 tournament schedule worldwide for these guys. I know that doesn't sound like much, but when you're in charge of your own schedule, letting somebody else dictate where you're going to be and when is uh, is a big ask. So what, how are they comp- trying to compensate for that? Well, with money, obviously. And uh, they're, they're trying to buy the PGA Tour players. They offered Dustin Johnson $30 million. They offered Justin Rose $30 million. Well, to me, that's a massive mistake. Because if I'm Dustin Johnson, and I'm certainly not, but he is the number one player in the world. Right. And if you offer me as the number one player in the world, uh, 
reigning FedEx Cup champion, the same amount of money you offer Justin Rose, who's 41 and a one-time major champion, I'm offended. You have just pissed me off, and I'm not coming, ever. Yeah. Now, Justin Rose at 41 or, or 38 or whatever, whatever he is, you know, his best golf is behind him. Phil's best golf is behind him. So those are the players who are going to be the most interested in a, a big payday toward the end of their careers. For this thing to work, for this thing to, to be the premier golf league as they're describing it, you have to get Rory, you have to get Dustin, you have to get Brooks, you have to get Justin Thomas, you have to have a better product than the PGA Tour. And the only way to have a better product than the PGA Tour is to have the best players in the game. I just don't see that happening. I do see it as a threat. Right. And I do see a, a, a fracture if some guys decide to go uh, we could end up with, with two competing leagues for a period of time. The the Premier Golf League isn't going to run out of money. They may run out of incentive, and they may they may fail, but they've got Saudi oil money behind them. Pretty sure the PGA Tour is not going to run out of money anytime soon either. They just offered $40 million in bonuses for how you do on social media. Could have maybe thrown that to... I don't know, the aging retired guys, uh, you know, could have, could have thrown it into our retirement plans. But no, no, $40 million a year uh, to, to the players. Um, I, I'm fascinated, like everyone, by this, this threat to the way we know things uh, in professional golf. But I, I knew of the group from London that was heading this up. There's a group now, same money, different group of, of uh, organizers, out of Jupiter, Florida, and I don't know any of them. That's the right place to be, and they could certainly make some headway with the best players in the game, but the agents that I've talked to don't even want to talk about it, and not even, not even, you know, anonymously. They're, they're like, ah, we're, we're just going to wait and see. We've got yeah. nothing to gain by talking and nothing to lose by listening. Sure. Let me, let me ask you this, John. Um, it, conceivably, if somebody makes a run and decides that it's going to take, as you say, maybe a major player doing it. But even with, with Phil Mickelson, I think even though his best golf is golf is behind him, here is someone, though, that, that is the name, the household name. Um, he could conceivably play events around the world and conceivably still play world golf championship events and, and still play some of the majors. Is that is – I, did I understand yeah. that correctly? Yeah, the PGA Tour runs the PGA Tour and the Players' Championship. Uh, each major is run by a different entity, whether it's the USGA, the RNA, right. and they have not come out against this uh, this league. And the uh, um, World Golf Championships are run. I mean, they're PGA Tour run, but they're run by the Federation of Tours. Well, is it? And all of that aren't the all world, of that's done by World Golf Ranking. I was going to say, aren't the World Golf Championships in a way a precursor to this? Uh, without question, and I, I would absolutely expect to see an expansion of the World Golf Championships as an answer to this. Um, because that's in the control of the people that are threatened by, by this new league. Um, but here, here's the thing about Phil. Phil's not even in the U.S. Open. Phil's outside the top 100 in the world. The U.S. Open's in his backyard. It's in San Diego uh, at Torrey Pines. And uh, Phil Mickelson's going to have to go to the 36-hole qualifier to get in it. So, I mean, Phil is a massive name. Uh, in golf, but you know, Pele is a massive name in soccer. <laughs> uh, you know, 
I, I love Phil, but you know, let, let, let's face it. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he if he won one more time on the PGA Tour, right? At fifty one years old, um, but he'll be fifty one the week of the U.S. Open. Um, but you know, any, any win he any winning he does now, other than on the PGA Tour Champions, is making history. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, how does this? If it doesn't have the top players, if it if it has guys aging out, if it I guess because this seems like maybe an opportunity for guys around the world to maybe take advantage of, uh, you know, how, how does this thing succeed? Or do they have enough money to maybe kind of wait this out, get their act together? Well, I, I think they're trying to get their act together again, and I think they have a different group trying to get their act together. Um, but you know, they they couldn't have picked a worse time. I mean. Right now, without Tiger, uh, the most popular player in the game worldwide, I think, is Rory, isn't he? Yeah. Um, and, and Rory is the, the the head of the Players Association on the PGA Tour. He's that guy. Yeah. He's not. He's his loyalty is there, uh, which is fabulous to see the maturation process of Rory, who skipped the Players Championship uh, one year in protest against the PGA Tour. He who won his rookie season on the PGA Tour. And then gave his membership back. Consequently, Ricky Fowler was deemed Rookie of the Year that year, even though Ricky, uh, even though Rory uh, won and Ricky didn't, because it was by a vote of the players. And the players were like, if that guy's not a player here, we're not giving him anything. And now he is um, the head of the pack, which is just awesome. Uh, you know, ten, twelve years later, uh, so he has become as Americanized and PGA Tour centric as anyone. I don't. I don't see him. I don't see him splintering off. You know, Dustin. Dustin has more majors to win, and and yeah. things. There. I. I just. I don't see these guys going, um, even for the money, because uh, the money is. Wow, it's fabulous, and I wish I had a private plane. You know, <laughs> uh, the, the the culture has to be changed for yeah. this thing to succeed. So, and the culture is is winning majors. The one of the great things about golf, it's on you. You set your own schedule. You've got to go out and earn, and and it's easier to earn more money now. Uh, you know, you can have success and make. I mean, you know. Look, I love Harold Varner as much as the next guy, but he's already set for next year uh, based on points, based on dollars. And, and look, but he's had to go out and, and earn that here. Uh, you know, a win, right. a win really sets him up. But, I mean, there, there's someone that uh, is still in search of that first win, but yet what he did down in Hilton Head has allowed him to, to maybe breathe a little bit as far as next year goes. Could the PGA and, play, and play with house money. You're right. Now now, now he's just filling his, filling his bucket. Yeah. So instead of – incentivizing guys to be more interactive on social media or have their team be more interactive on social media or hang around the golf course in a disingenuous way and sign autographs, something that Phil's done for years and Ricky Fowler has done for years. Instead of, of, of doing that, why not put that money towards, you know, I don't know, as you say, maybe taking care of some of the, uh, the, the, the pre the precursors <laughs> in the game like yourself and others, but also, you know, why not maybe throw a little something to, to kind of cover the cost of, of these guys that maybe, you know, don't make the cutter or trying to, to build their, in other words, grow the game that way. Make, you know, because there, there could be a young up-and-coming guy who's going to emerge as a star. Why don't, oh, yeah. You know, I, I should go to this other league where the, where the cash is guaranteed instead of out here, you know, uh, sleeping in my car. 
<laughs> well, and and that's certainly. I mean, remember that's what the USFL did. They got Herschel Walker right out of college. They got they got you know plays that players that were going to be guaranteed stars. Uh, this is maybe before your time, but uh, that that was the you know they they tried it and they had some success for a few years uh, with the USFL. But the golf doesn't work that way. You have to prove yourself at the highest level because there's been way too many guys that, that didn't, you know, way too many guys that, uh, that came out of college and they were supposed to beat the world and, uh, they never beat the world. Yeah. So you can't, you can't recruit from the younger ones. Um, I, I, if I was in the meetings for the, uh, for the premier golf league and look, I, I don't, I don't want to, throw them too deeply under the bus considering how how deep their pockets are and they're going to need a broadcast entity look i think johnson and mcginnis has a nice ring that's all i'm gonna say yeah uh, I wish you. So, uh, at any rate, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I real I don't see it. <laughs> I don't see it working. I, I don't. Um, I, I wish that it. I, I I don't love everything the PGA Tour does, uh, but I, I feel like Jay Monahan is the right man for the job. And uh, you know, quietly, a couple of weeks ago, uh, they announced that purses are going up on the Corn Ferry Tour. Uh, which is yeah. the old Nike tour, old nationwide tour. Yeah. The purses yeah. are going up out there. Um, they didn't. They didn't make a big deal about it. They, they just, you know, let the guys know, hey, look, you're going to be able to support your family if you play decent out here, which makes sense. Um, you know, they've started a tour. They've started PGA Tour China, PGA Tour Latino America, PGA Tour Canada. Um, you know, they're they're trying to develop the younger players uh, all over the world so that when they're good enough, they come to the PGA tour and that it's the number. It is actually the premier league and that's what it is right now. Uh, there isn't anybody with the possible exception of uh, a couple uh, of players who just don't like it over here. There there's every great player is playing in the U S yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, John, enjoy next week. Congratulations. Uh, John will be seen on ESPN's coverage of the PGA Championship. Great to catch up with you and uh, hope to talk to you again real soon. I look forward to it. I'll let you talk next time. <laughs> I talk enough. <laughs> I'm tired of hearing right, myself. Brother. Take care, John. Appreciate it. See you. Every Monday during the NFL season, get the latest on the Carolina Panthers as Jim Zoki from the Panthers Radio Network joins the P-Man. Bring on the good stuff, universe. This and every Monday right here on 94.3 The Game. The flagship station for the ECU Pirates. And now, the stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P-Man here on 94.3 The Game. Big thanks to John McGinnis there for being with us. Appreciate that. Uh, thanks to Ben Byram as well. Looks like that the North Carolina High School Athletic Association is going to consider a shot clock for basketball. Yes, please. Uh, we'll be uh, back tomorrow. Discuss the regional sites. Look at the NFL and Panther schedule. Tomorrow, Patrick Johnson Show. Join us 